Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Kevin Hogan. Let's take a look at our top stories. The mayor of New York City comments on illegal immigration while visiting a border town. He says there is no more room in the Big Apple and called on the federal government for assistance. The startup to the World Economic Forum in Davos wasn't without some drama. Protesters blocked a private jet airport used by those attending. A dramatic change in the Chinese Communist regime's official number of recent COVID deaths. They raised it to 60,000 from just 37 a week ago. Find out what experts estimate the real number to be. A victory for Italy as authorities arrest the country's top fugitive. He was a top mafia boss who evaded capture for 30 years. The mayor of New York City comments on illegal immigration while visiting the border town of El Paso. He says his city is being undermined by the influx and that there is no more room. Here's the story. New York City Mayor Eric Adams was in the Democrat-led border town of El Paso on Sunday. He said his city has no more room to house illegal immigrants and called on the federal government for help. He told reporters that immigrants are being sent to New York while being given a false impression of the city. They are websites that are advertising that New York City basically streets are paid with gold, that there's automatic employment, that you're automatically going to be living in a, in a hotel. There's a conversation among those who are asylum and uh, migrant, asylum seekers and migrants who are get, given the false impression that if you come to New York City, everything is fine. He praised some El Paso organizations for telling people how the situation in New York City really is. They are truly explaining to people that this is what's happening in New York right now. In New York, you go there, you're going to be living in congregate settings, that there is no more room in New York. That should be coordinated by our national government. Not only done locally here by those NGOs, but it should be done by our national government. That is not happening. Adams' trip to El Paso comes after he said the influx of immigrants could cost the city as much as $2 billion. That's at a time when the city is already facing a major budget shortfall. Last week, the mayor also said the city had submitted an emergency mutual aid request to the state of New York to assist the arriving people. The number of illegal immigrants crossing the border has surged during Biden's first two years of presidency. Border Patrol agents made more than 2 million arrests at the southern border in fiscal year 2022. New York is currently housing around 26,000 immigrants. Adams said the city has seen the largest single-day arrivals ever. On one day, that number was more than 800. Over 3,000 illegal immigrants arrived just in the last week and a half. The Omicron XBB 1.5 variant of COVID-19 is more likely to infect vaccinated people. That's according to a statement by New York City health officials. The NYC Department of Health and Mental Hygiene posted the latest data on Twitter. It says XBB 1.5 now accounts for 73% of all sequenced COVID-19 cases in the city. Officials called the subvariant the most transmissible form of COVID-19 known to date and say it may be more likely to infect people who have been vaccinated or already had COVID-19. Despite the statement, the department urged New Yorkers to be vaccinated and receive the latest COVID-19 booster shot, saying it's still the best way to protect against infection or death from COVID-19. In more medical news, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a whistleblower case against two pharmacy operators. They are accused of overcharging Medicare and Medicaid for prescription drugs. 
The case is considered important because it could impact the government's ability to crack down on health care fraud. Lawsuits brought by whistleblowers allege SuperValue and Safeway build the two government programs at artificially high rates while charging most paying customers significantly lower prices under discount schemes. By law, they have to charge the programs the same prices they actually make customers pay. The whistleblowers claim the chains knew they were overcharging the government and covered up their pricing policies. The companies claim they shouldn't be held liable because they acted in a responsible manner and didn't knowingly commit fraud. Arizona lawmakers have announced bipartisan legislation that would lower the age to run for office in the state legislature from 25 to 18. The filing of the Arizona Civic Participation Act comes in the wake of a historic turnout of young voters in the 2022 midterms. The legislation aims to boost participation among the young demographic in state politics. Arizona Representative Austin Smith is one of the youngest members of the Arizona State Legislature. He says part of his role is to offer different perspectives on issues affecting people from his generation. In his words, quote, we have many young emerging state leaders looking to positively impact our communities. Arizona ranks among the states with the highest age requirement for legislative office. The average age of an Arizona lawmaker is 54, but Arizona's most extensive voting demographic is millennials and Gen Zers. Climate activists blocked a private jet airport used by those attending the World Economic Forum today. They're calling for the wealthy to be held accountable for climate and ecological damage. Entity's Daniel Monahan has the story. Fifteen members of the Debt for Climate movement suspended themselves from a makeshift wooden pole structure as part of their Make Them Pay campaign. No future on a dead planet! They used barrels to block the entrance to the arrivals hall of the private St. Gallen Altenrhein Airport in Switzerland. Change your diet for the climate. Eat the rich. The Debt for Climate movement said they, quote, aim to hold the richest 1% represented in Davos accountable for the climate breakdown and ecological damage caused by their extreme emissions, policies, and investments. A report by Greenpeace published on January 13th says private jet use during Davos meetings in May 2022 pushed up carbon emissions by four times when compared to an average week in the city. Event participants have come under criticism for pushing the climate change agenda on one hand while not undertaking any actions to rein in their own excessive emissions. It's important to be here to show what are the problems of the World Economic Forum. Their demands include that the rich pay their climate debt through the unconditional cancellation of all foreign debts of countries in the global south. They also call for polluters to pay for the loss and damage they have caused in the countries most affected by the so-called climate crisis. Major energy firms including BP, Chevron and Saudi Aramco are among the 1,500 business leaders gathering for the annual meeting in the Swiss resort. We see that that the WEF is inviting a lot of companies that are doing harm. One of the items on the agenda will be the shift to renewable energy. Author Michael Schellenberger criticized renewables for the amount of land they require. So just on average, it takes three to 400 times more land to generate the same amount of electricity from a solar farm as it does from a nuclear power plant or a natural gas plant. Schellenberger says he jokes that there's nobody more alienated from the natural world than environmentalists. So environmentalism is really just a kind of upper middle class fantasy 
of a, of a future reality. It's sometimes compared to a kind of new socialism. I think there's some of that. The annual meeting of global business and political leaders is scheduled to end on January 20th. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Over in Nepal, authorities have found the black boxes of the aircraft that crashed on Sunday. Seventy people are confirmed dead, with two still missing. Searchers found both the cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorder today. Yeti Airlines ATR-72 aircraft was carrying 72 people when it crashed in clear weather on Sunday. It was flying from Kathmandu and was just about to land in the tourist city of Pokhara. It's the gateway to a scenic mountain range. Video footage shows the aircraft flying near buildings before turning sharply on its side. The data on the recorders may help investigators determine what caused the crash. So far, 70 bodies have been recovered. Most of the passengers were Nepalis. Rescuers are searching for passengers who are unaccounted for. This was Nepal's worst plane accident in 30 years. China has released new figures on COVID-related deaths. They say close to 60,000 people have died in hospitals since the end of the zero-COVID policy. That policy was dismantled in early December, but many experts are skeptical of the country's official data. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the COVID situation in China. China's official numbers are a big increase over their previously reported figures. But many experts are criticizing the country's lack of transparency around the pandemic and think the numbers have been widely understated. The World Health Organization says China heavily underreports COVID deaths. Authorities there had been reporting five or fewer deaths a day over the past month. China previously claimed to have one of the lowest death rates in the world, with just over 5,000 deaths since the pandemic began. These figures are inconsistent with the long lines seen at funeral homes and body bags seen leaving crowded hospitals. It's also a stark contrast to the U.S., where the numbers are 800 times higher. China recently changed the way it records COVID-related deaths to include only those that die from respiratory failure or pneumonia after testing positive. Airfinity, a UK-based health analytics company, estimates new cases to be around 3 million a day and close to 20,000 deaths every day. It estimates China has had over 44 million cases since December 1st. They say China likely saw its first peak of new infections last week, with around 3.7 million cases in one day. The company expects daily deaths to reach 25,000 in the coming weeks. Airfinity says it bases its estimates on data from China's regional provinces before the recent changes to China's reporting system. The analytics company combines this data with case growth rates from countries with strict lockdown measures like Hong Kong and Japan when they first lifted restrictions. A second peak is expected in early March, with daily cases predicted to climb to 4.2 million a day. A study by Peking University found some 900 million people in China have been infected. That would mean 64% of the country's population have carried or are carrying the virus. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A health official in China's central Hunan region says nearly 90% of the population there has had COVID. The upcoming Lunar New Year is expected to add to the spread. Many people travel to visit family during the holiday. And coming up, a London police officer pleads guilty to multiple charges of rape. The police force is vowing to purge corrupt officers. 
and the German defense minister is resigning. That's amid criticism over her handling of the country's military as the war rages in Ukraine. More in just a moment here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. After more than 30 years, authorities in Italy were finally able to arrest the country's number one fugitive. He was a convicted mafia boss in Sicily. Look where he is. He's inside the white van. Look, guys, he's all covered. Italian police announced on Monday that they arrested Matteo Messina Denaro, the country's most wanted mafia boss. He had been in hiding since 1993, and he's now 60 years old. Today, January 16th, 2023, members of the Carabinieri Special Operations Group and members of the Special Intervention Group and the Territorial Commands of the Sicily region, as part of investigations coordinated by the Public Prosecutor's Office of Palermo, arrested fugitive Matteo Messina Denaro inside a health facility where he had gone to undergo clinical therapy. Denaro is set to be imprisoned for two bombings in Sicily in 1992. They killed two top anti-mafia prosecutors, one of the prosecutor's wives, and several of their bodyguards. Denaro was also convicted of the murder of a mafia turncoat's young son. He has been sentenced in absentia to life in prison. Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney reacted to Denaro's capture, saying, quote, a great victory of the state, which shows that it doesn't surrender in the face of the mafia. On the same day, Maloney visited a monument dedicated to one of the anti-mafia judges killed by Denaro. The prime minister also congratulated prosecutors and police for the arrest. She added that pursuing tough punishments for mafia members will continue to be a priority of her government. In Romania, another crime boss is facing consequences. The suspected leader of the country's Hells Angels chapter is being extradited to the United States. He faces charges of drug trafficking, money laundering, and complicity in attempted murder. Romanian media identified the man as the biker club's country branch leader, Marius Lazar. He is wanted as a member of an international group of drug traffickers and for negotiating the attempted killing of two rivals. He was arrested in Bucharest in December. A witness told Reuters that he was met by U.S. Marshals with face coverings as he was led to a plane. Romanian police say they began investigating Hells Angels members in 2020, working with U.S. Marshals and the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. German Defense Minister Christine Lambrecht is resigning. She was accused of blunders on her job and is now asking the German Chancellor for dismissal. After Russia invaded Ukraine, Berlin set up a fund of about $100 billion for German armed forces to support Kyiv. But as the war raged on, Lambrecht was blamed for failing to get the German military back in shape. The accusations grew louder last month when several Puma infantry tanks were put out of service during a military drill. More recently, the minister took heed for a New Year's speech on her social media. In that video, her voice was barely heard over the sound of fireworks exploding in central Berlin. In reference to the war, she recalled, quote, special moments with interesting and great people, which critics found distasteful. Over in the UK, a London police officer has pleaded guilty to 24 counts of rape. This makes him one of Britain's most prolific sex offenders. 
Commissioner has clearly set out our mission on higher standards and rooting out corrupt officers and we are committed and we will continue to do that to identify as many officers and staff as we can and get them before the courts and get them out of this job. 48-year-old David Carrick pleaded guilty to a total of 49 charges relating to 12 victims. The charges include 24 counts of rape between 2003 and 2020. Other charges include false imprisonment, coercive control, and sexual assault. Carrick was arrested in October 2021 after a report of rape. Following press interest, more victims came forward. London Metropolitan Police apologized today and said it should have spotted the pattern of abuse. They said Carrick had abused his power as a police officer to commit degrading crimes. The London Police Commissioner has vowed to sack any officers who are corrupt or have broken the law. A cargo ship traveling from Ukraine to Turkey was grounded in Istanbul's Bosphorus Strait on Monday. Traffic in the strait was suspended, but no damage was reported. Several tugboats and other vessels assisted the ship to pull its bow off the ground. The ship became stuck close to the coastline on the Asian side of the strait. It was carrying 13,000 tons of peas. No damage or spill was reported. And just ahead, competitors in a Washington town race each other in outhouses converted into sleds. The event brings rural communities together during the dark days of winter. And a vineyard in South Africa uses an army of ducks to keep its plants free of pests. The ducks love to eat problematic snails. We'll have that and more when we return. A Washington town has found a fun way to beat the winter blues. They strapped skis to outhouses and raced each other during an annual fun run on Saturday. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more on the winter tradition. Get your bumpers over to the hall. Jacob Bill is an outhouse racing official and board member of the Conconnelly Chamber of Commerce. He says the competition goes back decades. This is our 42nd year doing the outhouse races here. Um, it's just something uh, my grandma and uh, a few other of the chamber uh, members uh, 42 years ago, they seen a race over in Idaho and decided that would be kind of a cool thing to do here. Con Connolly is a town in the Pacific Northwest nestled between two mountain lakes. The area is surrounded by state and national parks. The outhouse races take place on Main Street. Here, there's an unassuming hotel, a convenience store, a dive bar, and on race day, a nearby bonfire to keep people warm. I love it because, you know, it's, it's a long weekend that we love to get together and bring the family together and just honestly, just have fun, a good honest fun and, and compete with everybody. And it's, I don't know, I, I feel like the, the, the camaraderie between all the community is, is the best part of it. The rules of the weird winter sport are simple. Each outhouse must be attached to skis, have a toilet seat, a roll of toilet paper, and a person on the toilet seat wearing a helmet. The teams consist of a sitter and two pushers who help propel the outhouse down the track. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of these people, they can, they can cause some pretty good pileups here on the sidelines. That's why we got these hay bales laid out and stuff, so hopefully these outhouses run into the hay bales before they run into people. 
For many in the region, this time of year and the isolation of the towns can become difficult. But the annual tradition of outhouse racing brings joy to the cold and wintry landscape. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Here's another unique local Kirk. A vineyard in South Africa is using an army of ducks to keep its crop pest-free. They say the ducks are easy to train. Meet the staff at one vineyard in South Africa's winemaking town Stellenbosch. This army of around 500 Indian runner ducks has a taste for snails. And that's useful if you want to keep your vines pest-free. Corius Visser, managing director at the Vergenhuklau Wine Estate, says the ducks help the vineyard steer clear of pesticides and synthetic fertilizers. And this breed is especially suited to the job. They don't waddle like normal ducks. They walk. They are, they've got an upright um, posture and their long necks actually helps them to eat the snails within the vineyards itself. When it's up there in between the leaves, they can reach that and they can eat them there. As well as natural pest control, the ducks also provide entertainment for tourists like Merle Holdsworth. It's amazing how they behave themselves, walk in the row, and it's like they're in the army or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. Vissa says Indian runner ducks are very trainable and soon get into their routine. They know their way, he says, back to the paddocks each evening, where they get additional bird food. And after a day of feasting in the vineyard, there is one more benefit. Their nutrient-rich manure makes great fertilizer. Just another way for the estate to be as sustainable as possible. At the root of any serious disease lies chronic inflammation. There are some ways to reduce inflammation through diet. Here's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body. a common denominator for most common chronic illnesses, inflammation, low-grade chronic inflammation to be precise. This type of inflammation is always there running in the background. It makes your body less efficient by mounting an attack against itself. It can be very harmful and contribute to serious illness. For example, chronic inflammation is almost inseparable from heart disease conditions, diabetes, arthritis, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Chronic inflammation can also leave you susceptible to other forms of illness. It limits immune strength. So how do you get your body to stop attacking itself? Unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all approach. However, some significant steps to reduce inflammation include weight loss, increased activity and a healthy diet. Antioxidant intake can help too. Antioxidants are compounds that help cells to stay strong. They fight oxidative stress and inflammation and are associated with a host of health benefits. Benefits are generally related to lowering the risk of chronic inflammation. You get antioxidants from the food you eat. There are several you may have heard of. Examples include vitamin C and vitamin E. Others, such as polyphenols, don't have the same recommendations. But that doesn't mean they aren't healthful. There are a number of plant-based antioxidants that contribute to lower inflammation and healthier cells. You can generally find these antioxidants in high amounts in colorful fruits and vegetables. A few examples include berries, leafy greens, apples, carrots, and green tea. All of these offer healthful compounds. 
Try to include as many as possible to encourage cellular health and stable immune function. For the first time in 10 years, Miss USA won the Miss Universe contest. Our Bonnie Gabriel beat 84 other beauty queens for the global pageant's 71st title. The last day of the pageant took place on Saturday in New Orleans. At 28 years old, Gabriel was the oldest contestant. During the question round, she said she believes age does not define us. She hopes in the future, the pageant will allow older contestants to compete. This year, the contest allowed mothers and married women to enter, but still enforced an age limit. Gabriel is a fashion designer from Houston, Texas, and works for a nonprofit. She teaches sewing classes to women who have survived human trafficking and domestic violence. She is also the first Filipino-American to win Miss Universe. First runner-up was Amanda Dudamel of Venezuela. That's all for today's program. We're really glad to have you with us. Please send us an email if you'd like to tell us something. We're going to put it on screen. For podcasters, that's news.today at ntd.com. I'm Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City. 